I am Peggy Lorimer, and we are paranormal investigators. We research, analyze, and catalogue the... Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm not reading this, Alex. Go on, you promised. Fine. A bit flowery, though. We research, analyze, and catalogue the myriad ways in which the fingers of the unreal meddle in our lives. I could hear the italics, Peg, but you did that really well. We will be talking to people who feel that the supernatural realm has embraced them. Embraced them? The supernatural realm embraces you when you die, Alex. At best, the supernatural realm gives you a bit of a shake and a poke beforehand. Fine. People who feel that the supernatural realm has um, touched them in some way. We will ask about their experience and pose the question, should we embrace the supernatural realm ourselves? Oh, God, God. As someone who is constantly embraced by the supernatural in the form of my departed grandparents, I can't see why you'd court it especially, but it takes all sorts. And that's why we're here, Peggy, to interview the all sorts. And I really wish you wouldn't say that sort of thing in front of Nana and Mr Lorimer. Nana Lorimer always remembers the shopping list when we go out. Oh, did I not tell you? They're on holiday again. Oh, really? Where this time? It's a Viking cruise around Norway. They've been before, but Nana likes the fjords. Oh, that's lovely. It's certainly very nice to go about my business without the chorus of disapproving advice. Yes, but Nana also has that poppy seed biscuit recipe we like, and she won't tell us how to make them. Well, our next guest has a similarly domestic haunting. Welcome, Miriam. Say hello to Alex, I suppose, when she does the edits. Um, hi, Peggy. Hi, Alex. Um, hi, I'm Miriam. Um, do you want me to tell you where I work? Only I don't really want my work to hear. Does your work not know you work there? Once I was in a supermarket and a lady asked me to help her find something and I sort of got carried away and put away a pan palette of lentils and I didn't stay longer than a couple of hours but I didn't wear that blue polo shirt again. No, it's just like being haunted is embarrassing. I don't really want people to know that I'm like one of those people. I can't really argue with that logic, Miriam. But most of our interviewees have been rather enthusiastic participants in the whole haunting scenario. Tell me, how is it that you've come to be under the ghostly thumb? Well, to be completely honest, it's not the first time and I was hoping it would never happen again. But like, here we are. Do you know what I mean? Not really. Do you mean you were haunted before? Yeah. Look, I was the screaming chimney girl, okay? Oh my god. Oh my god. Peggy, Miriam is a paranormal celebrity. I knew you were familiar, but oh my god, I was so jealous of you. You'll both have to forgive me, but what on earth are you talking about? God, this is depressing. Okay, so when I was 12, I was haunted by a poltergeist. Every night, things would move around my room, stuff would get thrown around... Doors opened, rattling windows. One of my friend's school bags was set on fire. My sister was thrown out a window. And the absolute worst was that this wind would come down into the chimney, into the fireplace, into the room. Do you know much about poltergeists? Because, like, I really do now. Apparently it's really common with tortured teenage girls. I also, I feel like a noisy chimney is not the worst out of the things you listed, but... Please, go ahead. You were tortured. That's awful, you poor, poor thing. 
No, I mean tortured like sad diary entries, too much poetry, and a family that was like really good at sport, but so bad at listening, specifically to me. So yeah, it's safe to say I had a lot of feelings, like a big cliche, like, you know, when you want to curl up into a ball and disappear out of the scorching shame of just being alive when you're a teenager? Yeah, well, like, imagine your parents getting journalists around to your house because you're being haunted and you're feeling like that. Ouch. Okay. Okay, I get it. And then, and then, okay, you're on morning telly, but, like, the day after Take That were on, so you didn't even get to meet them. And you're being asked about whether you've gotten your period by some paranormal expert in a weird anorak. Like Derek something? Derek Pigeon is a legend on the paranormal circuit, but his jacket always does smell funny. And he brings up menstruation a lot. I'm fairly certain it's for scientific purposes, but you never can tell, can you? And he always has a couple of boiled eggs in his pocket, and he peels them while he's talking to you. Oh my god, the eggs! I've never been able to look at them since. He's a dirty bastard. And I used to love eggs. Okay, well, eventually, the happenings, whatever you want to call them, stopped. I was, like, really happy for that whole period of my life to be over and for, like, every so-called expert to piss off. You know, I've been known to feel the same way. There's a particular group in Blackpool, they call themselves... God, they call themselves the cartographers of the inner landscape. Oh, God. Which is just awful. And they always used to try to get me to join their pub quiz nights. But Miriam, why did the haunting stop? I don't know. Like, the usual reasons, I suppose. I got really into, like, my diary. I got a job in a pub, fell in love with a boy. Between, like, one thing and another, I suppose my, what you call them, frustrations had an outlet. I thought I was going to be, like, an amazing writer and just, like, write about my feelings and capture something of what it is to be alive. But I just captured something of what it is to pick up glasses in a pub on Friday and, like, kiss a boy with a scrambler bike on Saturdays. Nice. For the benefit of our listeners, poltergeist hauntings are usually known to attach themselves to adolescent girls. A whirling maelstrom of objects surrounding a whirling maelstrom of hormonal energy and suppressed anger. Yeah, that's, like, pretty much it. But you said in your email that you're being haunted again by the same poltergeist. I have to say, that would be quite unusual in an adult. Particularly for an adult to be that angry. Yeah, well, none of it is my fault. And I'm not to blame if I am surrounded by stupidity. And it's not fair if I'm about to lose access to a smeg fridge freezer and a balcony with really good morning light, is it? I... Sorry, I feel like you're going to need to explain your original haunting a bit more, Miriam. Fine. The thing with the poltergeist was, it was quite helpful. Like, I didn't like the attention. And I definitely didn't like the journalists and that eggy fool Derek Pigeon. But when the poltergeist would throw things around my room, it usually looked, like, better afterwards. What? You mean tidier? Just how messy was your room? Look, I was a normal teenager, except for the haunting. And until all of the attention, it was like a good deal. I'd have a stupid bad day, go up to my room, and it was like one minute I'd have this furious pressure headache. 
And then the next minute, all my bras were folded and my bed was made. I don't think my parents would have even noticed, except for the chimney thing, like with all the noises. So what you're saying, you're saying your poltergeist was essentially chambermaid? Yeah, I suppose so. Even though it set your friend's school bag on fire and threw your sister out, it threw your sister out of the window. Yes. I did have some questions about that, all right. Look, it was a long time ago, and maybe a candle that was about to be used to playfully burn the ends of someone's ponytail was blown over onto a school bag instead. And maybe, maybe an annoying bitch is stealing someone's favourite jumper and she somehow gets blown out the window into grass cuttings instead of being hit with a glass Spice Girls ornament. I'm getting the impression that your ghost has been cleaning up more than mess for you. Was your sister all right? It was a bungalow, for God's sake. Suzanne was fine. If anything, she enjoyed the attention. And then, like, eventually the attention went away for all of us. After you got a horrible boyfriend and a pub job. Uh, yeah, the mess came back. Or at least, like, nothing was cleaning it up anymore. Do you know some online rag got in touch with my parents a couple years ago doing one of those where are they now articles and they actually said that I had developed hoarding tendencies due to my unresolved worries that ghosts would steal my stocks. I was so livid. I rang them up and I said that this bullshit was exactly why I went by mum's maiden name professionally and then they said oh but your flat is a tip and we're sending you more socks so you don't have to worry. Like, for flip's sake. It's also, I mean, I just want to say, it's not ghosts that steal socks anyway. No, but I did think Peggy's late grandmother, Nana Lorimer, threw out one of my favourite jumpers for ages. And I've said I'm sorry, but I don't like very realistic depictions of animals on clothing. And that wolf had a nasty, glittery look in its eyes. His name was Jim. Oh, sorry, why did you need your poltergeist back, Miriam. Couldn't you have just tidied? Look, I'm really busy at work and I'm going to continue to be really busy at work and then I'm going to hire someone to come around and do it. But until then, I'm living in this beautiful flat, like with a girl I knew from college. My rent is like half of nothing, but Linda is weirdly tidy for someone who lost two pairs of contact lenses inside her own eyes. And she's given me, like, an ultimatum. I either cleaned up my mess or I had to move out, which meant living with my parents. And it sent me into, like, a fit of melancholy. Like, full knees under a sweatshirt, staring at a blank TV screen, sighing melancholy. Oh, like a sad music video. Yeah. And I had this awful pressure headache. And I kept thinking, God... Like, if I even do the dishes before Linda get, gets home, like, maybe she'll forget all about it. And then I heard her key in the door, and I just had this, like, full-body cringe because I'd wasted, like, five hours just feeling sorry for myself. Oh, right. I, I feel like I can... I feel like I'm starting to smell this story. It's a bit revolting, to be honest. And I'm feeling for Linda. Well, don't. She can be really annoying about recycling and things. But anyway, so I heard her key in the lock. 
and she's already gearing up as she comes in the door like Miriam I hope there's been some tidying while I've been out and I hate when people do that uppy downy thing when they're speaking and I turned around expecting her to like start having a go at me again and it was just like when I was a kid all of my bras were folded the dishes were done it was amazing right you were you were on the sofa. And you turned around and you saw your bras folded. So why were your bras all over the living room? The living room is between the dryer and my bedroom. I get to them eventually. For people who hang around with Derek Pigeon, you're really judgmental, aren't you? Oh, hold on. Hold on. We don't hang around with Derek Pigeon. He's made himself known to us as someone best avoided. If I can smell a bin in the corner... The bin's made itself known to me, but I wouldn't consider that I'm hanging around with the bin. Okay, fine. But anyway, it really, really got me out of a hole with Linda, and she was so pleased that I tidied, you know? And I thought it was like a really, really lucky break, and that I should probably just get a bit neater or like lose a brilliant flat. Like, it's so brilliant. It's got a roof garden and everything. I sort of feel like you didn't start tidying, though. Well, no, because work was actually really busy, and I may have let it get quite bad. And there may have been an incident involving Linda stepping on a yogurt pot in bare feet. Oh, Jesus Christ. In the bathroom. Oh, God. Oh, that's quite foul. It's quite foul. Alex, from now on, when you only do two steps of the three-step fold and the cornflakes lose a certain amount of their crunch, I'm going to do a deep breath instead of giving out to you. Thanks, Peg, but I always know you don't really mean it. But you still really need to do the proper fold. Now, Miriam, what did poor Linda do? So much shouting. I got such a fright. Like, I almost put my eye out with an eyeliner because I was getting ready for a date. And then she threw the scummy lid at me and went out for an angry drive or something. And then the most amazing thing happened. Um, you decided to tidy the flat because Linda had made some really good points about communal living. And that without decent boundaries, we descend into a madness built almost entirely on bin juice and yogurt lids. No. Um, so like the date I mentioned. So I looked good. Like he doesn't deserve you good. Oh, and he was meant to be coming over and we were going to have dinner, just like see what happens. And then he sends me a DM saying he can't come over because it's his brother's birthday and they've got to go out. And I said, well, can't I come? And then he said that it was just like a brother thing. But maybe if I was still awake by then, he could come over on his way home. And I said, fine, instead of telling him to stick it up his hole. And then I just got into bed and cried. Right. Okay. Hold on. You said an amazing thing happened. And that doesn't sound amazing. That sounds like a sad sort of sub-folk song. That's the thing, though. When I finally got up to go to the loo, the flat looked beautiful. Like, everything was put away. All the dishes were done. Even the hair in the plug hole was gone. And I hadn't heard a thing. Although... I was listening to Love as a Stranger by the Eurythmics on repeat, like, so who knows? But that's when I realised that the thing, poltergeist, whatever, it only comes back when I'm miserable. 
that that seems difficult to manage, if I'm honest. Making yourself miserable to avoid doing housework? Miriam, wouldn't living in squalor make you miserable enough? It doesn't bother me. Like, literally now, my bag has had something sticky in the bottom of it. And it has done for weeks. And I haven't even investigated it. Oh. Oh. Yeah, well, I'm very busy in work. You keep saying that. But what is it that you do that keeps you so busy? I don't want them to find out about this, about, like, my weird... the thingy. Look, we really don't have any or many listeners. Um, but the audience is growing. Do you want a biscuit, Peg? No, thank you, Alex. And today, more than ever, mind the crumbs, will you? So, Miriam, what do you do for a living now that we've confirmed that they will never find out? Fine, I'm an estate agent. Well, I feel cheated, purely on the basis of your build-up. And how did you manage to capitalise on your revelation concerning being miserable and being tidier? Okay, well, I found that a sad film would get the kitchen done, like, to begin with. Marley and me, anything with dead animals, guaranteed to get at least some of the grime shifted. But then I got, like, a bit resistant to it. So I read sad books, but they took too long. And, like, you know what books are like? They make you sad when you think about them later, not when you need them right then. And a few times I was showing properties and I was thinking about something that I'd read and all the crap the tenants left out, it started throwing itself into the cupboards. Like, I'm not a cleaning lady. Do you even know how embarrassing it is when the prospective buyer thinks that the property is haunted and you know it's like really you? I had to take the rest of the day off work and I was so depressed that it got rid of a really, really nasty rust stain on the cooker. And that's when I kind of knew that the misery had to be a bit more immediate. Yes, I find misery doesn't reheat well myself. Okay, well, I thought back to that awful arsehole who'd made me cry. And I thought, like, online dating could actually do it really reliably. And sometimes I wouldn't even have to go on the date because just the messages would make me feel awful. I'm slightly worried as to where this is going, Miriam. Okay, well, the worse I felt, the more tidying got done, but then I got messier. Because you didn't have to make any effort at all. Okay, okay. How did you make... How do you make yourself immediately miserable? Okay, well, Wednesdays and Saturdays, I do the lottery, but I'm always, like, really careful not to win. But how do you do that? I mean, just based on a fingers calculation, that's... Well... What Alex is trying to say is that you still have a chance at winning. Yeah, but I always play the winning numbers from, like, the last draw. They wouldn't let those numbers win twice in a week because it's a fix, isn't it? So I get my hopes up and then I'm horribly disappointed twice a week. I'm not sure that's how the lottery works, but all right. So that's two days of feeling terrible enough to motivate a tidy. How do you prevent homelessness the rest of the week? Um, doing things I hate, mostly. I signed up to take a salsa class in the local church hall, but that didn't work. Um, is it because salsa is actually really fun and more people should take a chance on it? Because more people might find out that maybe they have friends who don't want to go on their own, but would really like to. Uh, what? Alex, 
Salsa is not a hobby. Salsa is a flimsy bit of character development for the first person to be killed in a cosy murder book. Aww. Miriam, why didn't Salsa work to make you miserable enough to motivate your poltergeist? The class was full of the most awful, like, annoying people. Like, women with huge scarves who wanted to talk about their dogs and people with, like, sweaty hands. And it wasn't my fault if they were clumsy. It's a stupid class anyway. Miriam, is there an equivalent story here to your sister falling out of a window? I may have accidentally bumped into one or two people. And then they may have ended up doing really fancy stuff that I know they didn't know how to do. Like, how does someone go from sliding on their arse across a lino floor to doing a really complicated spin? And then the teacher goes, ooh, we've got a real natural here in that stupid uppy-downy voice. Ah, okay. For the benefit of our listeners, and because I can't quite believe what I'm hearing, can I take it that your fellow salsa students annoyed you so you tripped them up? And then your poor poltergeist had to stop those poor scarfy ladies from falling over. Um, exactly. So the flat was still in an absolute state when I got home. Like, it's my bloody haunting. It should benefit me first. And, like, it really landed me in it, to be honest, because who knows how to clean an S-band? Like, what even is an S-band? All right. Miriam, would you mind giving myself and Alex a moment, please? Uh, yeah, fine. Can I use your loo? Oh, no. Of course. It's just upstairs. Oh, Peg. She's not very nice. Out the good biscuits for her and everything. I hope the toilet is like okay. I'd have to agree that she's unusually awful, I'm afraid. I'm feeling uncharacteristically helpful though, not towards her, obviously. This seems to be less of a helpful friendship and more of an unpleasant bit of codependency. It's already had to put up with being a non corporeal skivvy for what, 20 years? Maybe. This could go on for decades more, truly benefiting neither party. Oh my God, are you talking about what I think you're talking about? A reverse exorcism? I, I really don't like that description. It's a very showy way of saying a little chat. But how are you going to get it on its own? Is it even here? Of course it is. It's like a nervous little beagle. Oh. We just have to distract it from... God, whatever mess she's currently making in the bathroom. I'm sorry, Alex, but I think you'll really need to bin the hand towel. But that was my favourite. It's my daisy towel. The daisies are probably suffering, Alex. They too will need to be put out of their misery today. Oh, God. Right. We need to get its attention. We need a bigger mess. Alex, would you be so kind as to throw the rest of the biscuits onto the floor? Throw them onto the floor. Okay. Empty the teapot onto it. Yes, keep going. The full thing. Now, stand in it. Stand in it now. Right into the weave of the Axminster. We're not going to get our deposit back on the Airbnb, Peg. Just imagine how it'll feel to tell that eggy fool Derek Pigeon about this. Alex, okay. Oh, it's, oh, it's here. Yes, you've, you've heard how she talks about you. 
You need to get some self-respect. No, she passed normal teenage behavior a while back. Yes, it would serve her right. I, I know, I know, it's definitely a digestive issue. All this so you can hang around a bloody flat. You could have a castle. Oh, you like the flat? Yeah, smeg fridges do polish up. Linda does sound nice. Oh, or, or let the bitch get kicked out then. I agree. Yeah, it was nice to meet you too. Mind how you go. You hit your head again. I've got a solpidine for you. Um, well, what did it say? Thank you, Alex. You know, it was a bloody good bloke, all things considered. There was a bit of force of habit going on from what I could tell, like keeping an old friend from school who makes you feel like all the worst past versions of yourself all at once. Yeah, but what's it gonna do? Very simple, really. It's just gonna let her get kicked out of the flat. Apparently her flatmate's lovely and so is the view. Right over a graveyard, so it gets to do some former people watching. Um, so are we done, yeah? Like, when is this out? I want to post about it on Facebook, so I'll be able to get a bit of embarrassment laundry done. Um, to be honest, that's the only reason I came. Well, is it? Thank you for coming, Miriam. It's been so eye-opening. Um... It will be out in two weeks. Um, were you okay in there? What? Yeah, fine. But just so you know, there's like a weird pipey smell in there. And just like general wetness. Um, okay, so great. Bye! Oh god, the tasty towel! Okay, we're back for another cottage update about my bequest. Um, so we're finally at the cottage now, and, uh, well, there's no roses, Peggy, but there is a very nice clematis, so I feel quite vindicated for hoping. I think that's actually pronounced clematis. Clematis? That sounds dirty. I, I'm sorry. Anyway, you're a winner. There's flowers around the door. Now, open the door, because I want a cup of tea. Um... Peggy, I can't. Um, there seems to be another key. Bonjour. Oh, hello. I have the sensitivity to light, which is why I have the sunglasses. And a really beautiful wig. Merci. But this is my hair, how you say au natural. Now you must leave, I have work to do. Decoupage, is it? Uh, sorry, I do not know how you say decoupage. Oh, sorry. It's layering bits of paper and glue in a decorative fashion. It's no basket weaving, but it can certainly ease a troubled mind. It is nothing like basket. Leave, leave, or I will call the guard, the, I will call the gendarme. Brenda, stop it. I'm not Brenda, I'm Alice, and I have droit de squatteur. Brenda, we both know that it's you. 
I can smell the glue. Um, I, I wasn't fully sure because it is a beautiful wig, but then you shook your fist and your chihuahua charm is dangling at me and your social media accounts are testament to how much you enjoy chihuahuas. And Brenda, we do, I cannot stress this enough, we really do both appreciate a good wig, but this is ridiculous. I understand that you're upset and that you wanted this as a hobby cottage, but you did get the main house. And the outbuildings. I, uh, Brenda got the outbuildings. Oh, you know Brenda then. We. Oui. Can we stop this, Brenda? I am not Brenda. I am Alice. <laughs> oh, there she goes. And there goes the wig. Should have used more pins. Brenda, are you stuck on that wall? No. I think her skirt is sort of caught on it, like a sticky out stone. Brenda, you look stuck. Do you want help? No. No. Yeah, she's over. And just look at her run. I hope she'll be okay. Do you? Really? Okay then. Shall we go in? No, it wouldn't be right. Um, I'll call the solicitor again, Peg.